It is insane how much you can still hate someone after six years. <laughs> if you ever need a bitch to hold a grudge for you, me and Olive from the Sensations podcast, we've got your back. And welcome to the Sensations podcast. I am Eliza, and I feel it goes without saying that I could do an entire hour and a half long episode about the last 10 minutes of this episode. Hi, my name is Olive, and last week I wrote a 10-page paper about the TV show Glee that I just got my grade back for. I got a 91 on it, and the professor says my writing is overly complex, which I interpret to mean as... I talk about Glee too much. (laughs) In my defense, he wanted it to be a 10-page paper. So that was not my choice. Genuinely. Like, that's... He wanted 10 pages. You wrote 10 pages. What about it? Like, that sounds like a you problem, buddy. So, um, speaking of, like, hating school, this episode is called Prom Queen. Uh, would would you like to describe our prom experiences a little bit? I think we had, you know, unusual. God almighty. How many did you go to? Because I went to three. I went to six. Jesus Christ. So, you know, um, everyone would think that we as homeschoolers, like, totally missed out on the the prom opportunity. But no. When you're homeschooled, not only can you go to prom all four years of high school, because, like, your communities are really, like, small and tight-knit. You can just go the minute you turn, like, 14 or whatever. Or when you're a freshman. There were some eighth graders at our prom one year. Yeah. Anyone can throw a prom. Anyone who wants to like rent out space at like a country club or like a couple of ours were on like a boat that went around the harbor. Yeah. Like anyone can just throw a prom. It doesn't have to be your school's prom. I'll talk more about like our prom experiences as they come out through the episode. But this is, you know, what we've been building to because we know Quinn is running for prom queen, obviously, and Santana. Um, and Santana and Lauren. Lauren. So we open with the, I would say, most hated character on Glee, Jacob Ben Israel. He is interviewing people through the hallways and he is talking to Puck about how he and Lauren are like running for prom king and queen. They're kind of an odd couple, like it's kind of unexpected. And he asks Puck that, like, oh, the polls are in and the polls want to know where does Lauren keep your balls? I supremely hate like obviously i supremely hate everything that they have jacob and israel do but like also how dare a man and a woman be in a relationship wherein the woman is what you might call more traditionally dominating yeah that's like perfectly fucking fine and also one of the main reasons that puck was into her at first frankly i don't think they should be dating at all uh, no one should be dating noah puckerman yeah um I'm of the, the legal opinion that Noah Puckerman should not exist. If Glee were a better show, this would have been a moment of character development. <laughs> yeah, I know. The big, the, take a shot every time we say if Glee were a better show. If right. Glee were a better show, this could have been a moment of character growth for Puck, where he realizes that, like, no, he actually, you know, he's fine with being you know, more, a more, a a more submissive partner to Lauren. But since that's not the both can just have strong personalities and that's fine. Right. Like, that's the other thing. Like you can just both be like, I, as a person am am annoying and loud and that's fine. You are not. You cannot deny that I'm loud. Okay. You are loud, but it's not annoying. We love you. 
Um, I didn't say those as negative things. I said that I'm I am a person, have a very strong personality. It is not given the type of people I'm attracted to, it is not out of nowhere to think that I would also end up with someone who has a lot of personality. Yeah, we hang out with cool people with personalities. So anyway, he uh, obviously like Puck is very surprised by this um, and embarrassed, of course, even though like he's literally the one who's willingly dating Lauren. So like he should be willing to stand up for their relationship. But anyway, we cut into um, Figgins' office where Will and Sue have been called in. Sue is there because she's like the director of the prom that year. Um, Yeah. Or I guess she directs it every year. Um, at the beginning of this scene, she hands him a spray bottle of, I can't believe it's not butter, for his hair. As someone with curly hair who goes a lot into what products are good for curly hair, that would be a disaster. And I know like that's the point because she hates him, but it's not even a good joke. No, but I want Will Schuster to suffer, so. True. Um... And Figgins says that the, his favorite band canceled. And they go, what's your favorite band? And he goes, Air Supply. So apparently Air Supply was going to play this high school junior prom. I have because never they heard canceled. of Air Supply. <laughs> oh, um, they were like one hit wonders. Wait, what was their song? Actually, you know what? You might not know any of these. I probably wouldn't. I don't know most music. We've run into this before. Um, but anyway, so he is enlisting the Glee Club to... Uh, sing for the prom instead and at first will is like no no you know the glee kids still have a lot of rehearsing to do for nationals they haven't even written the original songs that they're going to sing yet so what rehearsing are you talking about they do original songs at nationals too i forgot about that yeah and they write them while they're in new york insanity i hate it here i hate it here but then figgins says that like oh the money that we were going to pay pay air supply can now go to the glee club so you guys won't have to like raise money for like the plane tickets or anything like you'll want to do the prom so that you can get paid for it basically obviously sue is against this as well but like figgins also doesn't really give her a choice um and she tells will first of all she sets up this um like punch bowl thing she says every year at prom she makes a bowl of her family's secret punch recipe um made all the more meaningful because it's the punch bowl my grandmother drowned in i have so many questions every year the punch bowl is spiked with alcohol so she needs to be on like special lookout to make sure that it's not um that it's not spiked and that she has a list of the worst songs ever performed by glee club uh, which she lists run joey run and crazy in love slash hair which are both fair great enough. choices are there any others you would like to put on that list of like never perform this again as much as i sonically kind of do love their cover of toxic by britney spears just the entire everything associated with that actual performance yeah here. yeah disgusting to quote so like- they should apologize to america I would like to put out the um, hot honey rag that Rachel and Gwyneth Paltrow did. Christ. Because not only was that performance dumb, it also should just not be done at a prom. Um, That's the other thing. I feel like, I don't know, maybe it's just because, again, this was our prom experience. Just have an iPod. Just have an iPod. Just have someone who pays for Spotify Premium 
make a prom playlist or find someone else's prom playlist and use that. Why? Why? Even if this is like, this is 2011. YouTube is a thing. YouTube to MP3 converter. This was the peak era of YouTube to MP3 converters. As someone who used them all the time, this yeah. was the peak. I will never be over, never be over how the fact that the Glee kids are performing at prom means that they essentially cannot enjoy 10 to 15 minute sections of their prom because they're busy performing. Like it puts this kind of needless responsibility on the kids. And as another student at that school, again, this school really lucked out that everyone in their Glee club is like a Broadway caliber singer. But just imagine for a moment if the random theater kids at your high school were the ones singing all of the songs at your prom. I know That's I've said that thing. before. Like, why are the students not fucking rioting about this? Yeah, like, thank goodness Rachel Berry sounds amazing singing Jar of Hearts. But imagine if the, like, random theater bitch that you went to high school with was doing that. You would be like, get her off the stage. If I was Also, at they performed Friday, which I would burn the school down. Anyway, we cut into the Glee Club room where Lauren, Brittany, Santana, a bunch of the girls are talking about how they still need to find dresses and Lauren obviously as a plus size girl cannot find dresses at like normal retail outlets unfortunately and she says I'll be forced to make my own dress and Brittany goes don't you'll seem poor and I would like to say as someone who got one of my dresses from a friend one of my dresses from a thrift store one from a Marshalls only one of the dresses I wore was like an actual prom dress prom dress and that was my senior year like it is perfectly freaking fine to just get a, like a five dollar dress the first room I went to I got invited really really last minute so I just borrowed I'm lucky enough that my mother and I are the same size so I mm -hmm. just stole her nice formal dress from an event she went to with my mom my Was second one I thrifted and it had pockets great amazing mom. the third one I thrifted I had to get it altered because I got uh wide shoulders um but like all together, my prom dresses, maybe 30 bucks. Oh, yeah. And I would say I did like the dress that I wore to my senior year where I like dropped actual money on it. I think it was $150. I did really enjoy having that dress. But also the prom dress that I got at Marshall's that was like $40 was also perfectly fine and looked great. So in fairness, I don't think my freshman or sophomore year dresses looked particularly good on me, but that's because I was still like in the remnants of puberty and I wasn't going to look good in anything. It's not the dress's fault. Yeah. But anyway, they end up, the girls on the show end up talking about- uh, There's a like, line in here that I actually really fucking love uh -huh. um, where it's promised like our Oscars. Uh, it's the most important night of our lives. And Lauren goes, what about getting married? And Quinn says, you can get married as many times as you want. <laughs> you only have one shot at junior prom. Which is also so funny coming from Quinn, known to have cheated on all of her partners so far. Yeah, all of them. Because she cheated on Finn with yeah. Puck. She cheated on Sam with Finn. She's with Finn again now. Yeah. It, she did not cheat on Puck while they were, like, quote-unquote together, but that was really only for the baby thing anyway. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, as they're talking about, like, getting, going to prom and how important it is, Mercedes walks in, and she goes, oh, thank God I don't have to worry about that because I'm not going. 
And Kirk goes, why not? And she goes, because no one's asked me. And I will say, as again, as people who just went with, to prom with groups of friends, like it is perfectly fine to just yeah. go with a group. In fact, I would say it's better. Yeah. Never had to worry at prom about like, oh, does my date think that I look nice? It, like, it is my date entertaining? No, I went with me. Uh, we had a friend group name acronym. Uh, and we were like, yeah, this is us. We're going. Having fun. Yeah. And that was awesome. And that way you, like, have people to sit at a whole table with, too. Again, you're not have like you said, you don't have to worry about, like, is my date having fun? Frankly, from a lot of the, like, public school prom stories that I've heard, it gets kind of boring when you just have to, like, hang out with one person. Even if it's one person that you like, it's just better to treat it like a party where you can socialize with everyone instead yeah. of feeling obligated to one person. Um, but anyway... So Will comes in and he does his whiteboard nonsense where he walks up and he writes one word and expects, you know what this is going to do? Um, here's your homework for this week from this extracurricular activity. Um, yep. Yep. And he yep. just writes prom on the board. And Sam is like, please say that we don't have to do songs about prom. Tell me what a song about prom is. I mean, there is a whole musical called prom. But, but that, that was, was not, not released. Time. That was not released just yet. You Belong With Me is about prom. Not technically. The music video is about prom, but the song itself is not. You're right. You're right. Anyway, he says that they are performing at prom and Rachel immediately says, let's do Run, Joey, Run. We need to remember that in universe, Run, Joey, Run ruined her life for like a whole day. For several days. Because all mad at her. Jesse broke up with her because of it. Or kind of like, that was like the beginning of the end with her relationship with Jesse. Also, are any of the teenagers in this school even vaguely interested in Run, Joey, Run? No. No. Um, anyway. Do, do, do. So yeah, Will announces that they're going to be singing. And so they'll stagger the performances. So like maybe only four or five of them will have to sing at a time. Everyone else can still be enjoying the dance. I still feel like it's a weird like weight to put on their shoulders, but fine, as long as they agree to it. I must ask again. What about the kids in band? What about the kids in band? They don't get to enjoy their prom at all because they're on stage the whole time. The Glee kids get to take breaks. The band kids live and fucking breathe those instruments. Anyway, so Mr. Shu says you'll have breaks to hang out with your dates and Mercedes is like, I'm going to go. Which, I mean, is good. I think Brittany says too, I don't have a date and I'm just going to dance. And like, that's, great i definitely recommend not going to prom with a date and just having fun yeah um, just treat it like another party we're we're very pro prom so far in this episode we will become very anti-prom towards the end or anti-prom i'm anti the people at this prom <laughs> yeah i'm anti this specific prom anyway um we cut out to the lockers where rachel approaches mercedes about having a date to prom and Mercedes has this really, like, sad yet also truthful monologue where she's like, you know, I just wanted to have a date to prom. I want the prom experience. I want a guy to look at me and say I'm beautiful and, like, dance with me. Um, and Rachel's like, you're not going to do prom alone. We'll go together. And Mercedes says that's even that's more That's even depressing. more depressing. <laughs> so uh, before that 
we get the resolution with Mercedes and Rachel, we cut to a scene with Kurt asking Blaine to prom. Blaine he, scene! I Sweet. need to tell you, he calls Blaine Blaine Warbler, Blaine Warbler. at the beginning of the scene. Because, because Blaine didn't have an established last name yet. And I believe so it was... fucking funny to me. Like, oh my god, his last name is fucking Warbler. <laughs> because they couldn't they did not care to come up with a last name for him at this point. Honestly, um, it was who was it that called him called him Blaine Warbler first? It was probably Santana. I think it oh. was Becky, actually. I could see Kurt going with the bit then and continuing to call him Blaine Warbler, even though he presumably knows Blaine's last name, because again, they went to school together. Yeah, I I insanity. Anyway, um at first, you know. Blaine is a little cautious about this and he's like obviously I do want to go to prom with you but Blaine ends up explaining that during this Sadie's Hawkins dance he actually ended up he had like just come out and he ended up asking one of the other out gay kids at his school just to the go the only other one yeah just to go with him like I don't think it was supposed to be romantic it was just supposed to be so that they could you know have someone to go with and as they were waiting to be picked up um, some guys from their school came and beat them to a pulp, which is obviously like horrifying um, that to is even imagine. Gay bashing and a hate crime. Well, and this this is a timeline thing that doesn't make sense. So this has not been established yet, but in season three, it is established that Blaine is a year younger than Kurt. So right now, he's like fifteen. So did this happen to him in middle school? I think Which there, it had to have. Yeah, Maybe there, like eighth grade? Yeah, there could have been a Sadie Hawkins dance at a middle school. Um, and Which is just horrifying, like the fact that that could, I mean, it does happen to people at a young age like that. And so as he explains to Kurt, like, I'm very enthusiastic about going to prom with you um, because I'm crazy about you. But, um, you but know, he's also, there's a nervousness there. Yeah, there's a nervousness. And he's admitted to it. before, I think in the first episode that he was in, I think in Never Been Kissed, he t- talks about how he never went back to face his bullies and he kind of regrets that. Mickey Mouse voice, that's a helpful tool that will come back later. Um, um, and so, yeah, do, do, do. They decide, you know, we're going to do it together, we're going to prom. And then we cut back to the Rachel and Mercedes situation. They have pulled Sam into the auditorium. And he says, is this a surprise party or something? Because my birthday was last week. Which was never mentioned. And Rachel goes, ah, no. And so they propose that they are both going to go to prom with Sam. And Sam's like, well, I would like to, but I can't even afford to take one of you to prom. I don't know how I would take two. And I will say, it is absolutely insane the amount of money that people spend on proms. Again, as we said with dresses, you do not have to get an expensive prom dress. Why are you, as a teenager, renting a limo for a night? Literally, I, at most, I understand that, like, paying for the ticket to prom does put money back into the school. And obviously, things, schools should have as much funding as possible. I think it is wild how expensive it is to go to a public school prom or, you know, private school prom. Our, our proms, you paid for the ticket and you maybe paid for the dress that you were going to wear or you borrowed it from someone else. 
you did not like go all out for like they say like corsages and dinner like we're gonna get the 8.99 all you can eat pasta breadsticks and it's like why does dinner have to be a part of it at all right Just go to the prom maybe this is a cultural disconnect of something that olive and i just do not understand but genuinely it's like like our first of all our prom served dinner there or at least snacks like there's a snack table also like mercedes says they just make corsages from her mom's garden um anyway um he agrees to go because this is um they say that it's not uh it's not charity it's a loan and yeah. he says it would be an honor to go with them. And I do think that this is very sweet, actually, because this is kind of getting into what we said, like, you can just go with your friends. Yeah, I mean, I think they do it the right way, too, because then that also doesn't make it, like, a financial or emotional burden on Sam. It's just, like, we're going because we want to have fun with each other. Um, So we cut to a scene of Tina, Kurt, Brittany, Santana, Lauren, all trying on prom outfits. And... Lauren comes out in this large yellow dress with like a white kind of shoulder puff to it. And she says, I look like a lemon meringue pie. And Kurt, wise fashionista that he is, says like, well, nobody- First of all, Tina compares to Joan and Melissa Rivers, which is why they've invited him. He says, nobody bigger than a size two looks good in a prom dress. I mean, they're practically designed to make us look awkward. So it- true, King, so true. I don't know if I entirely agree with that. As stated, I don't think I looked good in like certain ones of my prom dresses because I was just like an awkward bodied teenager. I appreciate that there are so many different types of prom dresses now. You can pretty much get any shape or like shoulder cut, waist cut prom dress that like you can find something that looks good on you. In the case of being a plus size girl, obviously though, your options are like very slim. And so what Kurt says here is like, let's go with navy because like the color is going to look better on you. And he does yeah. say it's chic and slimming. And I will say footnote, you don't need to look for things that are slimming. You don't need to be slimmed down in prom dress. Um, and then Santana walks out in her dress, which is a like one shoulder kind of rose patterned red bodycon dress. Looks great on her. And he he calls it a devil in a red dress. And he says, I have no criticisms. Go with God, Satan, Santana. And then, uh, and then he says he has to go pull his own options for his prom outfit. And Santana's like, you're going alone. That's just tragic. And Kurt goes, I'm going. I'm not going alone. I'm going with Blaine. And Which, it is adorable. Yeah. And like Santana ends up pulling him over with a private fashion question, which is not a private fashion question. Not tragic to go alone. Oh, absolutely not. Um, And she proposes to Kurt that like, he's gonna need a full security detail and the bully whips are gonna help you with that. (laughs) And they're gonna be just like the Hell's Angels when the Rolling Stones performed at Altamont Speedway. I think that went off without a hitch. I actually don't know what they were referencing and I also don't care enough to find out. Oh, Altamont Speedway. Um, it was a it was a concert where a guy got stabbed to death, I believe. Oh, that one. Okay. It's just a, like a a music history thing. She is proposing this, of course, because um, she wants votes for prom queen. Yeah. Um, not that Santana doesn't care about Kurt, but like obviously she's after her own devices as well. 
This could also be Santana deflecting with like, I want to protect my friend, but I don't want to say that he's my friend. Yeah, I think that's a good interpretation of it too. We cut to Artie um, at his locker and Puck comes up and proposes that he help out with the spiking the punch bowl plan this year. And so because Sue will not let Puck anywhere near the punch bowl, obviously, because Puck is like suspect number one, he will have Artie spike the punch instead. Can I, can I, can I just hop back in with going every a line that Puck says that takes me out? Every year at McKinley, they crown a king and queen at the prom, but there's a shadow world, a dark community of troublemakers that crown the prom anti-king. That's, I, I want Puck to shut the fuck up so bad. I, like, we weren't cool in high school, but I'm glad that we weren't the people who unironically thought about having a prom anti-king. Yeah. So Puck talks about, like, oh, my street cred is in the gutter, but I, if I win prom queen with Lauren and I spike the punch, then that will help to, like, rebuild my reputation. As a lovable but dangerous miscreant. Lovable is questionable. Lovable is false. And so he's going to have Artie spike the punch, like, while Puck is distracting Sue. Because, obviously, like, no one's going to suspect Artie. Um, And to do, Artie also says he wants to impress Brittany. And we get his proposal a little later. For now, we get our first song of the episode. We cut into Rachel walking into the auditorium by herself. And she and there's a couple members of the AV club, uh, like, making, I guess, set pieces for the prom or something. And so she, she goes, I might sing this at the prom. So when I'm done rehearsing, I would like your feedback. Tell me whether I was brilliant or simply outstanding. I would slap. I was going through my screenshots on my computer. And I found one of us watching an episode of Glee. I forget what episode it was or what it was in reference to. But it was just a screenshot of me saying one day someone's going to punch her in the mouth. Anyway. Would have been me at this moment if I was in the AV club. So she starts to sing Rolling in the Deep by Adele. I don't like Rachel's part of this song. But as she starts singing, we cut to the back of the auditorium. And Jesse St. James enters, and his part of this song, Fox. He sounds amazing. That's the power of Jonathan Groff, baby. He's got this, like, nice rasp to his voice that I feel actually adds to the song. Whereas when Rachel sings it, it's just like, ah, musical theater. The one setting that Leah Michelle has. Yeah, she's, like, overbelting. And I'm being dramatic and almost kind of looking like I'm going to cry. Whereas Jonathan Groff just looks like so intense with it. And yeah, he's got that little growl and they do have really good like performance chemistry. I will give them that. At the end of the song though, he explains. He says that he got held back. He didn't graduate because he didn't show up at any other classes. How was I supposed to know that you were supposed to show up to other classes? He thought it would be like Carmel and the school would get some Asian kid to take math english and scientific for him that was actually i think that was his first year of college so he i guess not dropped out of college but like got yeah got held back from whatever classes he was supposed to be taking and so is is jesse supposed to be two years older than rachel because rachel's a junior right now and he's a freshman in college i think he's probably supposed to be two years yeah that would make sense 
So he explains that like he came back to back to see Rachel and it's his biggest regret is like how he treated her. And in fairness, like I, I appreciate him apologizing to Ra- apologizing to Rachel here. And so he asked like shit apology. Uh, yeah, at least he at least it's something. And he asks her to prom and you get this kind of like little smirk from Rachel where frankly, it's a good way to get back at Finn. So she agrees. So from there, um, we cut to Finn and Rachel walking down the hallway. And Finn is obviously upset that like Jesse has asked her out. But Rachel argues like, no, he's just joining me and Mercedes on the date that we already had planned. I will say like, I don't know. I kind of see why Finn like doesn't trust Jesse. Obviously he broke Rachel's heart in the past. However, I am a little bit on Rachel's side where she's like, it's none of your business anymore because we're not dating. I'm of two minds about this. On the one hand, you are right. This is none of Finn's business. Right. On the other hand, I do not think that Jesse is simply joining the group situation that definitely is something like Rachel is kind of telling herself to like feel less bad about in- abandoning Mercedes, but also it- it's not abandoning Mercedes because Mercedes has Sam to go with still. So I don't know. And Finn ends up kind of going on this little rant where he's like tired of all the prom talk. And um, he's like, I don't even care about getting corsages and like winning, winning prom king and queen anymore. And Rachel ends up like giving him some advice on to do, do, do getting a corsage, which is nice, I guess. Cause I guess they're friends. <laughs> Again, I don't understand how anyone could hang out with Rachel Berry, period. I actually, if you would be interested, I found a very good Faberry fic. Reading we'll it. get into this later in the episode during the bathroom scene, but um I may become a Faberry shipper. <laughs> But so we cut into a scene of Karofsky and Kurt. So there is like over policing Kurt walking down a hallway. Yeah. Uh, this kind of, it seems like a predecessor to something we will see later when Unique becomes a character, when Unique is like wanting to use a bathroom at school. And instead of just like allowing her to use one of the bathrooms of her choice, they like force her to use a teacher's bathroom and so it's like just let queer people exist but it's genuinely just like you are drawing more attention to kurt than he would have otherwise yeah and also are we not going to talk about how karofsky was the one who would have been burning uh gay rainbow flags and like karofsky was the one who was bringing death threats to kurt if karofsky had just if Skorovsky had just gone like, hey guys, I don't really care about Kurt anymore to any of his football friends, they probably would have left him the fuck alone. Who would have fucking dropped it? I. So obviously like Kurt is not comfortable with that. Um, but really Santana and Karofsky are just doing this so that they can like earn points with all of the other kids at school and look super straight. And at, from there, oh God, we cut into Brittany in home ec class where she refuses to crack an egg because she doesn't understand the difference between an egg with a baby chicken in it and an egg with an egg in it um and in the middle of class Artie comes in and and goes over to Brittany and says 
you know, I want to make it up to you. You know, I'm, I'm sorry for calling you stupid. I want to make it up to you. And he sings, Isn't She Lovey, Lovely by Stevie Wonder, which I do think is a beautiful song. He does a good job with it. However, Isn't that this song about like a guy to his baby daughter. Yeah, it is his baby daughter, which is beautiful. It's a beautiful song, but also, mm, ew. As if we had an infantilized Britney enough. I was literally now just about singing to say. a song. Yeah. Meant for a literal infant. Well, and and I really appreciate the way Britney stands up for herself after this because she goes like, thank you for the song, but you called me stupid. And I would rather go to prom alone than go with to prom with someone who makes me feel bad about myself. And, so he, does true. Ap- and he does apologize. And she says, yeah. She doesn't even say, I accept your apology. She says, yeah. Like, I bet you are sorry. And so Artie goes back to Puck and says that he's in because he has nothing to live for. Which I, sure. Honestly, I know I was dramatic in high school, but at least I was never this bad. So we cut to Blaine and Finn. They're doing like weird guy bonding. Um, And Bert kind of like, I don't know, embraces Blaine really well. I think it's great how he's kind of started to welcome Blaine a little bit more since I think the last time we saw Bert and Blaine talk, it was that scene in the garage where he's talking it was the horrible you should give kurt the sex talk one yeah um which is definitely weird really weird kurt comes out in a double-breasted tuxedo and i need to talk about how bert hummel admits that he wore a wore a powder blue tux with a ruffled shirt and a big velour bow tie so we can assume that he went to prom in the 70s yeah absolutely amazing I do think there was some guy at one of my proms who wore like a powder blue suit because he was like, yeah, no one else is going to do it. So I'll wear a colorful suit. And like, that was kind of dope as hell. I convinced my brother to wear a big, not a big, but like a, it it was a, a vest that had like multicolor polka dots on it. It was very cool. And I'm very proud of myself for that because you know what? No other boy at prom was wearing that night. A vest. Totally cool. Wait, again, as we said with the dresses, wear whatever the fuck you want to prom. Wear whatever makes you feel like you look good. Yeah. Um, and then and then speaking of looking so fucking good, Kurt comes out, waistcoat, bow tie. It's like a cropped high-low jacket with tails and a kilt and knee-high boots. He looks so cool. He looks so good. This is perhaps one of his best outfits he wears in high school, at least in high school. He wears better stuff when he once he graduates. Yeah. And also just to think that this is all stuff that he either like thrifted or made himself. Exactly. Because they're not buying this off of a rack. No, absolutely not. In 2011, no one was brave enough. Um, He says that his ensemble is an homage to the recent royal wedding. Uh, and the do. late Alexander McQueen. And he does say he, he made it himself. And as we are praising Kurt's outfit because he looks amazing, Bert, uh, struggling with his internalized first homophobia. Of all, first of all, Finn, Finn, character growth from Finn says, dude, that rocks. It's like gay Braveheart. And it does. It is like gay Braveheart. Thank you, Finn. But Bert says he doesn't like it. And he thinks that it's stirring the pot. And Kurt's like, well, I'm just dressing up. Like, girls are going to wear their big, poofy skirts. 
why can't I wear a jacket with tails? And even Blaine does kind of side with Bert where he's like, you know, it's kind of like you're drawing attention to yourself and the kids, they, I don't know. I think you should let Kurt wear whatever he wants. But I do kind of see this point where they're like, the kids who hate you will be looking for a reason to torment you. So like, why give them more ammunition? Well, like on the other hand of that, they're going to do it anyway. Yeah, they're going to do it anyway. Like, assholes are going to be assholes. So why not do it in a fabulous outfit? Why not be bullied in a fabulous outfit? And Kurt even says... Blaine, I understand after all you've been through, you're worried, but promise about joy, not fear. So I'm wearing this. I worked hard on it and I think it's fantastic. And if yeah. you don't want to join me, I completely understand. Yeah. Well, and and in fairness, back in the um the restaurant scene too, Kurt did also give Blaine an out then where he was like, hey, let's not go to prom at all. Like, let's just stay in and do a date night for just the two of us. Yeah, now, of course, it's the night of prom, so he doesn't want to back out now. But like, I, I appreciate Kurt respecting Blaine's boundaries as well, where like Blaine is very nervous to go to another school dance type situation. Yeah. We cut to a scene with Karofsky and Kurt, where Karofsky's like- Bullshit again. Yeah, decked out in like all the bully whip stuff. And there actually is kind of this nice gesture of Kurt where he's like, look, you know, the school might not embrace you being gay, but I see how miserable you are in the closet. And I see like all of this self-hate inside you. And so he kind of encourages Karofsky to like start taking the steps to be comfortable with coming out, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and, and Karofsky does give like a very earnest apology. And I do really appreciate seeing that from the character because I mean, frankly, this bully whips thing is like bullshit and completely done for like self-motivated means so i appreciate a moment where he is just allowed to like earnestly apologize not that people ever need to forgive their abusers by any means but in this case it does seem that kurt is like pretty forgiving because he understands what karofsky is going through kurt again is a better person than i am so cut from there to now we are at the actual night of prom yeah, now we're finally at prom. Quinn and Finn are leaving for prom. Quinn is already wearing a tiara. Power move. I'll give it to her. Also, what the fuck is wrong with you? But Quinn Fabre is allowed to do whatever she wants forever. Fair. He gives her the corsage. Finn gives Quinn the corsage that like Rachel recommended to him. It's a gardenia with a light green ribbon that matches her <laughs> eyes. And he goes... I know. And we know that he didn't actually know that. He knew it because Rachel recommended it for him. And I'm not a Faberry shipper, but I do think this is an interesting moment of like, Rachel seems to know Quinn better than Finn knows Quinn. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to Mercedes at Breadsticks. It's their little posse with Rachel, Jesse, Sam. Um, and they're all getting food. It's great. And Jesse is, like, going off about how... They start talking about the recession. Yeah, he's like, the best time to start a business is during a recession. I don't know why or even what a recession is, but it is my understanding that we're in one. And Rachel goes, he's so smart. I can't believe he flunked out of college. And so Jesse has decided... what are 
to open up a dance studio where he could act as a consultant for show choirs. Don't want to get that extra edge. I you just, can just Jesse, do that without opening a dance studio. Well, and also I know Jesse is like a dumb 18 year old and Jonathan Groff plays this character so perfectly. He, he hits those marks every time. But also opening a dance studio is running a business. Jesse doesn't know shit about running a business. And so Rachel is, of course, like really excited about this because she's like, oh, you could be like a help to Mr. Shoe and you can help us beat vocal adrenaline. Which like, whatever. That sounds like the, the yeah, Rachel's going to say that about Jesse St. James, whatever. Of course. Uh, Finn and Quinn end up passing by their table and <laughs> Jesse says Quinn looks like the ghost of Grace Kelly which I love. What a compliment or insult. I'm not sure which it is. Oh, well, she's just a famous, like, old-timey actress. Oh, I know, I, but I don't know if... Grace Kelly was the one, I think, royal that married into a royal family. Oh, did she? Oh, oh yeah, mm-hmm. Princess of Monaco. Ooh. Yeah. But I can also see him saying this is an insult, and I'm not even sure if Ryan Murphy knew the way that this was intended. Well, but isn't that perfect for the character of Jesse, though, to, like, say something low-key, you're not sure if it was backhanded or not? Oh, absolutely. Well, actually, it is backhanded, because he says, let me know if you get tired of your boyfriend stopping on your pretty little feet all night. I'd be more than happy to cut in. And Mercedes is like, Oh, you are here with Rachel. Well, first of all, he's here here with Rachel. Second of all, have Jesse and Quinn ever had a conversation? No. No, Honestly, I think the last time he saw her, she was like nine months pregnant. Probably. Um, And so, like, Mercedes kind of, like, calms the group down. Is like, we're not going to fight tonight. um, And we'll just see you guys at prom. Um, And then we cut to Puck, Sam, and Artie all performing Friday by Rebecca Black as the opening number to prom. And oh my God, if they weren't allowed to sing Run Joey Run at prom, they really said, we will sing the next most annoying song. Genuinely, like I, God, I, I understand the whole thing about prom and best night of your life, you only get one chance. I would have left. I fucking left. There is a part of me that wants to believe that this was done, like, ironically, where they're like, ha-ha, it's, like, funny to open up with Friday. But the kids at the school don't seem to be enjoying it ironically. They're, like, genuinely dancing to this as though it's, like, the greatest dance beat they've ever heard. Makes me insane. And, like, I don't even want to review this as a real cover because, like, who the hell is listening to either version of Friday by Rebecca Black, the original or the Glee version? If exactly. anyone in the Spotify poll votes Friday as the best cover of this episode, I'm canceling the podcast. <laughs> Please don't do that. I won't cancel the podcast. We won't cancel the podcast. We'll just figure out a way to block you specifically from listening to it. We'll just be generally upset with you. And then there ends up being a, what would be like a commercial break, but it just goes into Jar of Hearts by Christina Perry. Um, which is by Rachel. It's so out of nowhere. I understand it. But also, also, in what fucking universe are they playing Jar of Hearts? How is at a this prom? A, how is this for a, like, for a romantic slow dance? Yeah. 
aren't slow dances supposed to be romantic? Why would you sing this like absolutely like horrifying song that has these like heartbreaking lyrics to it? I would not want to slow dance with someone to this. Um, and like, it's this weird, like, oh, it's so romantic. And Kurt's like, oh, promise so inclusive this year. And we see that Becky is dancing with another boy with Down syndrome. And then Kurt says, you know, Blaine says there's someone for everyone. Kurt says, even if it's a lie. And we cut to Santana and Karofsky da- dancing. And they look extremely awkward next to each other. And then we cut to another good one, which is Sam inviting Mercedes to dance. Sam inviting Mercedes. I'm a big Sam Sadies girly. We all know it. Um, Yes, everyone should be Sam Sadies shippers. This is also perfect, too, because in the earlier scene, she was like, oh, I just want to have a date to prom and to be told that I look beautiful. And as Sam is like asking her to dance, she he goes, I just wanted to tell you that you look beautiful. Would you like to Cry. dance? And it's like so perfect. Cry. I literally adore them. Uh, we get a little second of Quinn saying, I'm so happy to be here with you. It's what I've always wanted, which sure, Jan. And then we get back into Punchgate bullshit. Puck says Tora, Tora, Tora. I don't know, man. I don't know. Which is a military slogan. It It's stupid and I hate it. And he asks Coach Sylvester to dance. And Sue says, there's no music. And Puck goes, it's okay. I've got the music in me. I'm going to kill myself. Um, yeah. But Sue and- catches Artie spiking the punch and grabs him by the arm. And pulls mm-hmm. him into her office. And pulls out a dental kit. I would expect nothing less from Sue Su- Sylvester. And he's like asking, like, are you threatening to pull out my teeth? And she goes, no, that would send me to prison. I'm going to give you a thorough cleaning. Which is also it- not allowed. But apparently also- Sue Sylvester is a DDS. I know that she's not actually supposed to be 35. But how is she supposed to be 35? How has she had this much life experience? She's supposed to be 30. She's 30. (laughs) Bullshit she is. She actually, she's using this more as like a threat to him because she wants him to admit that like it was Puck who forced him into it. But Artie says like, well, I just really want to go and dance with Brittany. And Sue's like, well, you are pathetic. You are the worst POW ever. John McCain is rolling over in his grave, which is especially funny because John McCain at is the not time dead. John McCain was not dead. Yeah. Oh, is he? Oh my God, he's dead now. I didn't even know that. Yes, he is. <laughs> I'm sorry. Now, because this is the person I am, now I have to check so I'm not spreading John McCain misinformation. No, he is. I googled it. He died in 2018. How the fuck did I not know that? You're really special, you know that? I Thank you. We, We flash right into what I will say best cover of the episode. Not best scene, but best cover, which is Blaine, which he's He's not even in the Glee Club, but I'm willing to pass over it because this is so good. I'm not going to teach your boyfriend how to dance with you. And and he is rocking this stage. He is like dropping to his knees, head banging. The backup singers are going crazy. Brittany and Tina are up there dancing with him. It's by the Black Kids, by the way. Um, Which is the band name. 
yeah the band name sorry <laughs> weird band name yeah um and i mean i know you said this isn't the best scene of the episode i don't know what is but i would say this is a pretty good scene because it's very dramatic and uh rachel and jesse are are dancing together and finn and quinn are dancing together but finn sees jesse start to kiss rachel and finn walks over and pulls them apart and jesse's like well it's none of your business and Finn says, this is Finn's my like, school. Finn's like, PG, it's my school, it's my business. And Jesse says, this isn't your girlfriend, so beat it, MJ. And they start pushing each other, and they get pulled apart finally. And then it just leaves Quinn and Rachel with this, like, staring contest where they're like, low-key, what the fuck just happened? And Becky comes into Sue's office saying, code blue. And And she ends up does she kick them both out or she just kicks Jesse out? She kicks them both out. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, yeah. And Quinn is like, well, he and I are nominated for prom king and queen. But Sue's like, well, like, like, sucks to be you. You can't just start fights in the middle of school. You can't just start fights in the middle of prom. You can't just start fights, period. Anyway, and, and then, then we go right into Figgins on stage. The, the penultimate scene of this episode, and I, I just want to give a little bit of context because this is my job on the podcast to explain like how it felt, you know, watching this as it aired or not as it aired, but, you know, back in the day, God, back in the day, I remember. So as I've said before, my mom would watch these episodes before me and I remember her actually spoiling this for me before I watched it. Um, I think just because it, I wasn't able to watch it like immediately that weekend or whatever. And so I was just like very uh, interested in learning who won prom queen. And when you find out that Dave Karofsky is prom king, it is like shocking because he is a character that has just been really introduced. I mean, like he was in season one, but he's only gotten actual development season two. And you're kind of like, is he even important enough to win prom king? But yeah, and Santana immediately is like, fuck you, Quinn, I'm winning prom queen now. But then, like silence across everything, 2011, McKinley High prom queen with an overwhelming number of write-in votes is Kurt Hummel and silence across the whole fucking crowd. The silence in this scene is so overwhelming. It is heartbreaking because, because first of all, what has been built up as like this amazing accomplishment that any of the girls would love to have is so immediately tarnished with the knowledge that like, oh, so many people at school have written in the name Kurt Hummel as a form of ridicule, as a form of bullying. Yeah. Because even with the bully whips now, and even with Dave Karofsky not bullying him anymore, there is still so much hate of Kurt as a queer person. It, so much hate for Kurt existing that enough- Trying to have people, the same one fun night that everyone else is having. Try, yeah, just trying to have a fun prom. And, it, and what's so upsetting is that you know all of these write-in votes have come from people who maybe never felt brave enough to actually bully Kurt to his face, but have the contempt inside their hearts 
to ruin Kurt's night, to ruin Kurt's like reputation at the school or his his like, unflinchable we this, demeanor. We do get this one shot of this one girl. Like we we go right in on a Kurt's face and just first of all, Chris Colfer's Emmy is where? Chris Colfer's Emmy. But we we go from a shot in on him to the shot of this one girl just looking back at him. And they're like her face is almost expressionless, but hats off to this girl. She had one second and she killed it. But mm-hmm. like fucking contempt mm-hmm. on her face. Yeah. But like, you know, that's just one person too. Also, imagine the amount of write-in votes that there had to be in order to trump all of the other prom queen candidates. And Kurt is obviously shocked by this. He runs out of the auditorium. Blaine runs after him. Kurt is in tears. He's bawling. And Kurt is like, don't you see how stupid we were? Like, we thought we were actually making progress at the school, but it's all the same. And like, they all voted for me as a fucking joke. I feel like a joke. And then we get into another super tense scene where Rachel and Quinn storm into the bathroom. Quinn is in tears. And Quinn says, this is your fault. No one ever would have voted for me because they knew that Finn would rather be with you. And Rachel says, that's not true. And Quinn slaps that. Slaps her! (laughs) And I will say, of all the reasons to slap Rachel Berry, this is perhaps not her fault. But also, I'm just in favor of Rachel Berry being slapped in general. Yeah, I am genuinely in favor of it. And just as we've discussed, the silence that happens right after it. And Quinn is almost like shocked with her own behavior. And she says, I'm so sorry. And then we cut to Santana storming into the choir room in tears. And she is upset that her running mate won and she didn't. So I have to assume we don't see it happening, but I have to assume that like Kurt, Quinn, Rachel, Santana, Brittany, all like ran out of the auditorium, not the auditorium, the gym at the same time. Like, God, it is, it is drama done so right this whole the cinematography in this scene also the way that they're cutting in yeah because they're all feeling not the same or even similar but this is a moment of strong emotion for all three of them well very different reasons and what i will say if if nothing else throwing fire on the headcanon of quinn being a potentially queer person santana has a line she says I'm going to be an outsider all my life. Can't I have one night where I'm queen? And then we cut to Kurt saying, I'm never going back there. Santana wishing she could be accepted. Kurt saying, I'm never going back in there. And then Quinn saying, there's no way I'm staying at the school. I'm going to transfer. And so it's this great, like triple parallel of all of them. Like, I wish I could just have one night where I get to be myself, but I just helplessly feel held back by things that I can't control and obviously Quinn is referring to like I don't know I'm never going to be able to be the popular cheerleader I was before I got pregnant right but I absolutely believe there is a queer interpretation here yes very much so yeah and and Blaine and Kurt sit down line in here that I also really love which is Santana's assuming that like they everyone knows that she's a lesbian and Brittany says they don't know what you're hiding, but they know you aren't being yourself. Yeah. But also, like, with what just happened with Blaine and Kurt, it's like, how could Santana feel comfortable coming out 
when exactly. we all just witnessed this horrible thing happen to Kurt. And there is this, you know, not really a pep talk from Blaine, but where Blaine wants to give Kurt the space to feel his emotions. And Kurt says, wasn't this prom supposed to be about redemption? If we leave, all it's going to do is like make it make it seem like what those kids did in there was okay. And so we're going to go back in there and I'm going to show them that it doesn't matter if they are yelling at me or whispering behind my back. They can't touch me. They, they can't, can't touch, touch us. us or what we have. And it is, oh, it is like for all the shattered pieces of my heart that, that fell to pieces when his name was announced, that kind of starts to put it back together. It's like, oh, yes, Kurt. Yes. And, um, and then we cut to Rachel and Quinn. Um, they're talking about like the future. afraid of the future. Yeah. Which, you know, me too, bestie. You're not special. Is, you know, perhaps a reasonable fear for Quinn because like the only power she's ever really known is the power that the high school caste system has given her. So she's like, what about when I graduate? I'm not going to have this anymore. And Rachel, <laughs> kind of gay. She says, you're a very pretty girl, Quinn. Prettiest girl I've ever met. But you're a lot more than that. And they cry together and it's very sweet. And then, yeah, the scene with Brittany and Santana um, where she's like, people know that you're hiding yourself, but also I voted in you. I believe in you. And, and like, I, by no means do I want it to seem like I think that Santana should come out. I think that she's also just catastrophizing. And as someone who catastrophizes, I recognize that. Oh, um, yeah. And what I appreciate about like Brittany kind of recognizing the I don't want to say overdramatic because I think that trivializes it, but the catastrophizing that Santana is doing right now, where she kind of decenters Santana from the situation and says, like, don't worry about yourself. We need to go back out there and be there for Kurt because this is going to be harder for him than it is for you. And I feel like that almost helps Santana kind of like recenter herself. Because Definitely. she realizes, like, there are bigger, more important things happening right now. So the brief scene with Artie and Sue where he recognizes uh, that he did not spike the punch with alcohol. It was just lemonade. Yeah. So that all that tension was for nothing. Yeah, well, and he goes, so can I go? And she's like, you are no fun to interrogate or almost torture. And then we cut back to... We're into the gym, we're doing prom, and there's just like a hush. And Kurt walks up to the stage, gets his crown and his scepter. I don't know what fucking prom queen gets handed a fucking scepter. That's so stupid. He says, eat your heart, your heart out, out, Kate, Kate Middleton. Middleton. But then Figgins announces the tradition of the prom king and queen having their like first dance. And I will say this, I think this does apply to everyone's prom, like, the prom king and queen don't necessarily have to be people who are like running together, obviously. Yeah. So like sometimes the people who get the first dance kind of thing, like aren't even people who really know each other or like have dated. And Karofsky, uh, you know, is standing on stage next to Kurt and they have to walk off the stage together to like have their dance. And Kurt's like, now's your moment. You can come out. You can make a difference. But Karofsky says, I can't. 
and he mm-hmm. runs off and it and, and again like with many times on the show like I don't want to seem like someone who makes excuses for the bad things that Karofsky has done but but this is understandable I think yeah like like I think people who have experienced heavy heavy internalized homophobia like this like there is just a part of me that will always feel kind of tender towards him because I just I want things to get better for him yeah and then uh Blaine ends so up coming Nathan up Queen is on and Karofsky leaves and Kurt's kind of just standing there in shock because like now he has to do a first dance by himself and from behind him you hear excuse me may I have this dance and yeah. it's Blaine, and he's holding his hand up to Kurt, and they dance together to Dancing Queen, and it's the cutest fucking thing you've ever seen in your whole goddamn life. can I say, what a fucking horrible song for Karofsky to have to come out to. A song <laughs> called Dancing Queen? Genuinely. That is the gayest song they could have chosen. Um, and that is the end of the episode. I do like this cover of Dancing Queen. I'll just, you know, give my little review of the song. Uh, it's Mercedes and Santana. So like, it's gonna be good. Um, was there ever a worry that it would be bad? Favorite song this episode for me, gotta be, I'm not gonna teach your boyfriend how to dance. Least favorite, probably Rolling in the Deep. Oh, you don't like Rolling in the Deep? It's too much Rachel. Yeah, too much Rachel. You're right. Uh, again, I do agree. I'm not going to teach your boyfriend how to dance with you. I want to say Friday. Actually, is no, Friday. the worst song is Friday. Well, but here's the thing. I would like to say that Friday is the worst, but again, I don't even really want to acknowledge it as a cover because I'm like, were they serious about this? I don't care enough about Friday to think it's the worst song of the episode. Fair. In which case, I guess Jar of Hearts, because I just don't think that that needed to be in there at all. Will Schuster was also like barely present this episode. So I'm not really mad at anything he did. And then next week we are doing the episode funeral. It is the second to last episode of the season. And it actually kind of takes a break from like more plot heavy stuff. Um, It is a weird place to put a filler episode, but it's a, I think it's a pretty good episode. So it's, yeah, it's pretty good. It's, I think a necessary filler episode before the very, very plot heavy final episode. So we will talk about that more when we see you guys next time. That is our show. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram at Singsation Spa. That is S-I-N-G-S-A-T-I-O-N-S-P-O-D. Please remember to vote on our polls on Spotify. We do literally a few days after the episode comes out, screenshot it, send it to each other and discuss it. We just love to see what you think. If leave a review, whatever uh, platform you're on, love to read those too. Um, I would be doing this regardless of if anyone was listening because I like to talk to my best friend, but I would love to hear from our listeners also. Okay. Thank you everyone. Bye. Okay. Thanks. Bye. (laughs) 